Hi, this is Gene Shalit. I'm having a bad hair day. If you don't believe me, look out the window. Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the ever-elated Karen Randazzo. Feed him with my what? I don't even know this person! And the always joyous Chris Randazzo. Edible roaches don't crawl! Edible roaches don't crawl! (laughs) I knew it. I I got both of them. (laughs) We here in this week's episode talk television. Sometimes we get a little spoilery. But we don't care. This week, we are going in the way back machine for The Critic. Season 2, episode 4, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) From chunk to hunk. Now, Chris, this was was your choice. It certainly was. And as I, I'm pretty sure I explained it to you about the fact that I haven't watched this in uh, two decades. And um, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just glad it was uh, readily available for me. Um, but that noise that I have a tendency to make for some weird reason, I forgot that it was because <laughs> of this sh- <laughs> Like, I make the noise, ahem, relatively regularly. And I, did, uh, I didn't know I got it from a place. But if I just <laughs> always thought you were quoting the critic. <laughs> no. <laughs> but apparently I did. Subconsciously, I grabbed onto that. I made it my own. Um, So, Chris, give us the basics of this show. Okay, so um, the the critic came out of uh, a lot of the the best talent that was working on The Simpsons at the time. And it really shows. A lot of the voice actors carried over. A lot of the writers carried over. It it really has a similar flavor to the best seasons of The Simpsons. It's it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful show. And uh, it is the story of Jay Sherman, a fat uh, film critic who has a son and an ex-wife who absolutely hates him. And it ran for two seasons. The first season was on ABC. And then after it aired on ABC and didn't really find its audience, it moved over to Fox, which also already had a hand in producing the critic. And it seemed to fit a lot more naturally there, but it only ran for that one more season. And in that second season, they introduced a love interest for Jay. Um, The cast of characters in the show is just spectacular. There's the the guy who owns the TV network where Jay's uh, film critic show, Coming Attractions, is on, Duke Phillips. (laughs) He's got a friend who is uh, basically the guy who played Crocodile Dundee, but if he had turned into a really successful movie star... Uh, Doris, his makeup lady, who's just this every every time crotchety. every character that you mention, a little snippet from the show plays in my mind. Like you said, Doris, and there's a scene in one of the episodes where Duke pulls the cigarette out of her mouth. That was this episode, and another one pops out, and the sound of a cash register is made. I could do this all day. <laughs> This show is is immensely quotable, and this this particular episode is by no stretch of the imagination the best episode of the series. It, this is just one that I wound up quoting a lot uh, when I was in high school, and this was on. 
And uh, there's particularly the edible roaches don't crawl bit. I just cracked me up to no end. John Lovitz, uh, who plays Jay, was just so perfectly cast in this. And uh, this is also the first appearance of the the prissy uh, little boy in school who is literally the exact same voice as Martin from The Simpsons. Uh, Nancy Cartwright does a voice uh, who's the voice of Bart Simpson uh, she does a voice for Jay's sister in the show uh, the kid who got kicked in the ascot yes there is um, uh, they're going to manhandle my dicky. <laughs> the uh, Jay's son um, is the same voice actress who played Goslin, uh, Gosling on uh, Darkwing Duck which oh. I, uh, that always uh, always makes that connection in my head that Jay's parents are just like Jay's adopted. Uh, his parents are these just rich lunatics, particularly his dad, who has absolutely no grip on reality and is constantly drunk. Oh, this so show! It, I forgot that delight. there's an add-on that he is constantly drunk, not just insane. Yeah, yeah. There was actually uh, an, another episode in the series where uh, he and uh, Jay's parents get stranded on a desert island, and he has to be without bourbon and in like three days he winds up building a cabin training a monkey to be their servant just like has his act together to no end uh just because he stopped drinking it was quite hilarious this show does things in different ways than the simpsons did and considering like at the time the simpsons was really at its height and they were able to break off and do something as creative and still have a lot of similar tropes i guess but have it really kind of branch off in its own direction was just Mm -hmm. i cannot say enough good things about this show if you are a fan of the simpsons at all or if you just like family guy because clearly seth mcfarlane watched this show Uh, yes i i think i may have described it to someone as this is where the family guy flashback comes from yeah i mean it's Especially if you're looking at early seasons of Family Guy when they were really, really good. Like, the way that the flashbacks worked organically in those old seasons, they work like that in this show. There's, They're not even all flashbacks so much as just asides. Like, it, it so embraces the fact that it's a cartoon and does not need to be based in reality at all. <laughs> it's just brilliant. So, on to this specific episode. Um, we start off with uh, Jay doing a show... And uh, there's a they, what's the movie uh, Abraham Lincoln Pet Detective starring Jim Carrey, <laughs> and he starts doing the talking out of his butt routine, and then Jay stands up and says, "This is what America wants: a talking butt." And then he goes to sit on his chair, and misses, and falls through like several floors onto the Barney the Dinosaur esque character that's uh, on the bottom floor, and not on the bottom floor; it's a fl- few floors underneath him. And um, the next scene, they start having a conversation with him, and it's just his butt sticking out of the floor. Honest to God, the best part of that scene is when he crushes the Barney-like character, the children that were dancing with him are like, (laughs) whatever the character's name is, we'll call him Steve. Steve, I think Steve's dead. We're free! We're free! And they all run out of the studio. Yeah, that was great. My favorite part of that was when... Uh, the Duke came to talk to him about his weight, and uh, Jay was like, this is really embarrassing. Do we have to do this like this? And so Doris drew a face on his butt. <laughs> and then, for, uh, there was something Jay said that made Duke say, wipe that smile off your face, so he lowered his legs, and the, his mouth went into a frown. 
<laughs> Rush Limbaugh falling. Oh, Jesus, this show is funny. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this this show holds up remarkably well. So um, the, he and his son wind up going to a fat camp. and um, Was Jay's there son- something in the name of the fat camp? Like, it, it sounded like if you were to break down or look at the letters that it says something, but I didn't you take the what? time. You know what? There has to be, but I have no idea <laughs> okay. what it is. I just I just don't know what that joke is. But everything everything like that is a subtle joke in this show, so okay. I'm sure that it is. Um, so they go to the fat camp, and Jay's son... Why can't I remember his name? Marty. Marty. Marty, Marty loses a bunch of weight. Jay loses two pounds. Uh, and is no longer able to play stomach trumpet, which makes no sense at all, but is fantastic. Lost two pounds. Back to my college weight. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Marty finds out that people love him for his looks, and uh, Jay winds up going on this other subplot where uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme-type person uh, does a terrible movie, and he gives it a bad review, and he sets out to kill him, and turns out that he's really just a big, you know, goofball fun-loving guy who convinces him that he's going to kill him. He's like, then I must be a fantastic actor. <laughs> uh, so yeah, his Jay's subplot was a little, uh, a little weak, but um, man, just the Marty eventually, uh, what is it? There's a scene where he's, uh, he's getting real fed up with everyone treating him weird for being thin and he's walking around and all the food starts talking to him. And there's so many good jokes there. <laughs> Uh, in particular, the the what is it the the Asian food or whatever that's going uh, woof woof woof. I mean, moo. Oh, no no no, that was that that pulled pork shit. The shaved it pork. It was like yeah, the falafel in the window. That, that was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> the 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 sushi goes, but don't eat us. We're plastic. <laughs> and the and the other tray that says come up in sashimi sometime <laughs> and then oh no the ice cream is melting we need somebody to eat 20, 20 gallons of ice cream right now jay sherman's kids here we're saved and there's a big sign on the outside of the ice cream place saying uh pimple-faced kid now on duty or something <laughs> like that <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's no real sense in going deep into the plot of this episode. It's it's really just kind of your standard sitcom fare. It's just that the delivery is so incredible. I mean, I cannot, it can't be emphasized enough until you watch the show. Like this show, every single episode, beginning to end, only ran for two seasons, is as good as The Simpsons at its best, it's, and it holds up remarkably well. It does, and it's very very fast. Like, it's machine gun jokes, mm-hmm. and very, very few of them miss. Yeah. Like, I mean, some of them are, like, you, you would expect on, like, Animaniacs or something. Yes. Like, they're really childish, but they're still kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and it's remarkable how oddly timely this show was. Like, I had mentioned an episode that I was watching to Evan earlier, because uh, I just did a full rewatch of this, and... Um, one of the episodes was uh, Duke Phillips, the absolutely ridiculous, racist, misogynist, lunatic character uh, who is a you know millionaire type person running for president. Uh, another episode involved Jay having to write the script for Ghostbusters 3. Like, it is shocking how timely this show became <laughs> completely inadvertently. Yeah. 
this is I, I started like I, I watched like the first two or three episodes and went, Oh, I remember how funny this was. And I'm not a, a John Lovitz fan. I really don't like him very much. But for some reason you put him in cartoon form and I laugh my balls off at this show. It is ridiculously funny. So many great jokes involving John Lovitz, too. Mm-hmm. Like, every now and then, Jay will just say something. Except that John Lovitz, I think he's fantastic. <laughs> the first, like, two two or three episodes are all about are him being horrible to himself. Like, there's this, in the very, like, I'm going to say episode two, this oddly attractive woman wants him, but we all... Us being the audience and him being the main character believe it's because she wants a good review. But it goes the whole episode up until the very, very end where there is – he. <laughs> she leaves him. She calls him fat and ugly and, and stupid and whatnot. And he's like, but I have pride and you're going to come back right now. And she gets into a cab, and he follows her to the airport. You're going to come back right now. Then she gets onto the plane and flies away, and he's standing looking out the window. You see the plane fly away. You're going to come back right... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he... Mercilessly funny. Uh, I was always a big fan of this um, when it originally aired. It shocks me that it only was two seasons. Like, I just... I, I think about this show, and I'm like... Oh, like, that show was great. It was on for a while, wasn't it? Nope. Well, I mean, if this show had, if this show was on now, like, it would be a Fox mainstay. Like, I. That's true. I adore stuff like, like, I think, I'm not going to say Bob's Burgers. Uh, I I do think I think the critic is better than Bob's Burgers. And I adore Bob's Burgers. I really do. But I would have to give the nod to the critic overall. But, like, something like American Dad. Like. Mm that show runs for eons now because that humor is so timely right now. And there's, if this show was on now, it would just be a a smash success. There's no doubt in my mind. The other thing that I think this show gets right is its attention to detail is flawless. (laughs) Like you, you see it in the comedy, you see it in the jokes, you see it in like, you know, it's timelessness. The thing that struck me watching this episode was they always do, like, a lot of, like, uh, clips from the movies that Jay reviews, which are either sequels or parodies or alternate versions of actual movies. <laughs> they, they did, he, he reviewed uh, the sequel to Speed, which was Speed Reading, <laughs> where Dennis Opera had put a bomb on a book <laughs> that Keanu had to read, and that was pretty funny. But he also did something of like wait, wait. that wasn't a clip. That was the whole movie. <laughs> um, the I, I forget what the title of the, the what they called it, but it was something like the Cockroach King. Yeah, it was. Where the it was a takeoff on the Lion King, and it, Howard Stern was the the uh, titular character, and and the payoff of the joke is that. You know, he's being raised like Simba in the beginning of The Lion King, and he finally gets a chance to speak, and he, you know, pulls typical mid-90s Howard Stern dialogue of, take off your top, and blah, blah, blah. But the whole lead-up to it is, like, all the vermin and, like, street creatures of the city (laughs) running up to see the presentation of the Cockroach King, and it's, like, shot for shot the same (laughs) 
as like when all the animals on the uh, on the savannah go are going to see the presentation of Simba in the beginning of The Lion King. And it just that was like really holy crap there's this shot where like there's like a bunch of rats running on the street and then but it's shot from above and then you see like these pigeons fly over the rats and then above the pigeons there's a couple of like flies or something it's like that is i've seen this shot before that's amazing i can't believe they like went to that level of detail to like represent and and make the audience that familiar with exactly what it was they were uh mocking it's pretty impressive. Really, that was a long way to go for that joke too, and you gotta respect them for doing it. They just, they just. The joke was, it. "Show me your thorax." Yeah, that was the actual joke. <laughs> By oh, a cockroach with long, nappy, curly black hair and circular sunglasses. The other thing that I absolutely have to mention about this show is the theme song. It's. Well, one the whole of my intro favorite is, is TV. Great. Well, yeah, the whole intro is great itself, uh, including the, like the rotating gags with the, the phone call and um, the alarm the clock other, is another one. The the alarm clock when he gets the phone call, um, and then he always does like a little clip of a movie. That's review. right. Yeah, the other the, the clip thing. That's the rotating <laughs> gags. They're great, but the actual theme song itself is easily one of my favorite theme songs of all time. Um, it's it's a Hans Zimmer joint. Uh, yeah, so. that, I, I, when I saw the credits of this DVD, I was like, what? <laughs> the, 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 no, the Pirates of the Caribbean guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it, you can tell it's it's that good of a song. It's I, I, I'm really reluctant to think of any a lot of better theme songs than this. It is so, so good. Uh, yeah, just what's just What's good. great about it is the, the actual opening sequence is scenes locations in new york yeah and they're done granted it's a simplified art style but like the guggenheim looks like the guggenheim mm-hmm. you know what you're looking at uh central park it's there you see it i know what what street that's supposed to be or a pathway it's supposed to be they take a lot of time and effort into the detail for the show and it's just a silly show it's impressive the way they actually put it together back then quite yeah uh, you say that it would be a, a smash success today i kind of have to wonder whether they would get that kind of freedom and time to put all that detail into it or whether they'd just have to be cranking it out at the way mm-hmm. the pace that uh, tv is expected to be produced these days i mean I, I when i think about the the amount of attention to detail and stuff that they put in stuff like family guy and, and especially this is another thing to really look at with this show is that this was definitely before uh, people were using computers to color, to, to do the painting mm. on like, this is a hand drawn animated show top to bottom. And uh, it's really interesting looking at it. Like the DVD set of this was one of the best purchases I ever made in my life. It's <laughs> I'm so happy. I own it because I don't know where it's streaming. If it's even streaming anywhere right now. It, um, it is not. Yeah. It, buying this on DVD was just such a great idea, but looking at this show, it, it visually speaking, like the fidelity is not great. It's not a phenomenal transfer. And I mean, if you look at the the care that was put into the Simpsons DVD sets uh, from the same era, they look a lot cleaner than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like if they were to do this show now, 
because of the art style, you know, you could automate so much of this stuff that I would imagine they'd be able to pull off the, the attention to detail they have. But that's just a complete uneducated shot in the dark there. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to, to Karen's comment earlier that it felt like it was on longer than two seasons, this show in two seasons has about eight seasons worth of jokes in it. Like, <laughs> had they paced them like, normal like even family guy pacing they would have gotten enough jokes in for at least four seasons and family guy is a fast-paced show as well like it is beginning to end non even the opening credits you have whatever movie that he says stinks usually that's a joke then the phone call or the alarm clock within it that's a joke and that's before the show actually starts they do they, they, they do time management well in this show. They they truly do. And they even have the little post credit stinger as well. Yeah, those tend it's to usually do. only about like three or four different things that he'll ever say, but it's still funny that is the snack bar still open? <laughs> Get away, zit boy. <laughs> so yes, Chris, good Paul. I enjoyed it immensely catching up with this. Now I'm gonna have to watch the rest of them because like it's, you start with one and then it's all right, just won't they're only 20, 22 minutes long. It's a yeah, regular yeah. half-hour show. Yep. And they fly by. It's very, very entertaining. Very good. You'll, you'll hear from this show from me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. So, uh, if that wraps it up, we'll just we'll take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. It's been 30 years since the Metroid series debuted on the Famicom Disk System and the NES. Chris and Vicky celebrate this important anniversary by paying tribute to the music of the original installment of the game on an all-new Waveback podcast. Travel back with them to a simpler time of 1986 and hear all the best tracks from the first game in a series that has stood the test of time. Give a listen to the Waveback podcast, episode 29, Metroid. The Apathetic Enthusiasm Podcast recently had the opportunity to host a panel at Honolulu Comic-Con about what else? Podcasting! Brandon and his guest Dallas Nagata-White host the Manapauhana Podcast, sat down to discuss what makes podcasting so darn great, and recorded the whole thing live so you, yes you, can listen in and find out. Check out Apathetic Enthusiasm, episode 78.1, Comic-Con Panel. There's a whole lot of chatter happening on our Tabletop Gaming Podcast. Dave and Chengis get into Eldritch Moon, the mysterious MTG buyouts, Magic Redux, and the Star City Games IQ. Then they stress the importance of embellishment in roleplaying, get let down by a phoned-in unearthed arcana, and have their second round of random NPCs. They finish up the episode by reviewing Seven Wonders Duel and Connect Four. <laughs> Don't miss the latest episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, Hardcore Connect 4. Brandon has a very special guest this week to talk about a very special Twilight Zone. David Avalon, writer for the Dynamite comic series The Twilight Zone, The Shadow, sits in to discuss the season one episode, The Chaser. Will they answer the age-old question, what makes the best chaser for an episode of The Twilight Zone? Find out and submitted for your approval, The Chaser. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for checking out our commercials. So uh, let's talk some news. 
we gather news articles throughout the week. And by we, I mean mainly Karen. And she throws them all at me. And I enjoy reading all of them. But some of them I just don't understand. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to ask for your assistance. The Doctor Who thing. Uh-huh. Okay, now Capaldi has been on for two years or two seasons and is going into his third? <sighs> yes. Okay. The third season of Capaldi is the final season for Moffat. This is true. And we're not sure if Capaldi is coming back for a fourth. Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure that I read everything correctly. They are starting a new companion? Yes. For this third season? Yes. Okay. So if they're starting... All right. The, the, the news article says that Moffat's not coming back. We're pretty sure that Capaldi will. If he does come back, he will be the longest running doctor for the... Uh, what do you call it? The, the newer... The new series. The new series. When a doctor changes, is that isn't that usually in time with a the mid run of a companion? Shh. They don't change uh, the doctor and the companion both at the same time. Sometimes they do. Really? Yeah, Amy Pond was you know showed up with Matt Smith. Um, I mean, Rose carried over between Eccleston and Tennant, and then Tennant left and Smith took over, and that's when Amy showed up. And, and Amy was uh, Amy left before Smith, and they, we got Clara, yeah. and then Clara, and Clara was there for the transition over. from yeah. Matt Smith to Capaldi, and that's where we are. Okay, so we still really don't know if Capaldi is coming back for a fourth season. Yeah, the 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 bit of news here is that Moffat is saying that he's leaving, and he, as far as he knows, of all the things he's written, which is pretty much all of season 10 is written at this point. He has not written a regeneration scene because nobody's oh. told him that Capaldi's leaving. I got So it's an indication that Capaldi will still be around unless the first thing they do in season 11 is kill him off. Gotcha. Okay. That I didn't, that I did not understand from reading that article that he has not written a regeneration. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So uh, if you like good. Capaldi, good news. <laughs> Well, do you not like Capaldi? No, I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> I thought he was doing a very good job. And I think there are some people out there that don't like him. I think those are people who miss a super sexy young doctor <laughs> as opposed to a, a super freaking awesome, amazing older doctor. Gotcha. With amazing eyebrows. Really, truly amazing eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> um, This little bit for me. They, they're taking powers away from the PlayStation Network. I saw it happening. I knew it was going to happen. Not a big surprise. I am kind of disappointed because I enjoyed it no matter how bad the acting was in the show. But it's gone. I don't think it will be missed by anyone other than me. Hence uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the reason for the cancellation. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So there are two articles running right now about Agent Carter. Yeah. Okay. One of which was, I don't know why it was taken off the air. And yeah, I'll do a movie. So, <laughs> Hallie Atwell has said that she wants, she's still up for the, like, to do it. Whenever they bring it back, if they bring it back, however they bring it back, she's very willing to do it. And then everybody on the 
networks and Marvel, and they're not 100% sure why it was taken away, why it was canceled, and if it's going to come back. I didn't realize they had so many partners for their their television stuff. ABC, Fox, FX, Netflix, and do either of you know what Freeform is? That is uh, ABC Family. Oh, that's right. It's, it's now Freeform. Uh. Yeah, I don't think either one of these stories is that big of a story. Uh, I just think the fact that during the TCA press tour that this summer, that there has been so much talk about a show that doesn't exist anymore. It's true. Means that somebody out there on the creative side really wants this show to like have new life somehow and that is encouraging for me that makes me feel like this this is not dead it was on abc right it was on abc yes um jeff loeb who's the head of the marvel head of all marvel video thing that you see (laughs) uh is the one who is is quoted in both of these pieces as saying like you know um Coulson died in the first Avengers movie, and here we are shooting whatever season five of his show. So that and just there goes he is, to show right you. Right there, sitting over there. You see him? Look, turn around. <laughs> Look. <laughs> so, uh, what, what is dead may never die, as they say in the. Ah, Game of Thrones. Nice. Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, I just think that this the, these little bits and pieces that keep coming out mean that uh, <coughs> so, someday we will see Peggy again. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the articles went on to say about how her ratings weren't the greatest, um, especially in the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they gave it a lot of love. Yeah, so they didn't. It, it, it. I mean, Netflix gives a crap ton of love to its Marvel stuff. Even like the the current Shield stuff gets a lot of love from ABC. This was it, just it's there. a big show for them. It's just, eh. and uh, I, yeah, it didn't get a lot of support. I think there's like a lot of internet cult support for that, which unfortunately still does not translate in the traditional network um, environment. That's unfortunately very true. Uh, on more Marvel news, a Luke Cage, a good Luke Cage trailer came out damn good okay so i ha- earlier today i happened to be- i hadn't watched this trailer till about 25 minutes before we started recording and i didn't want to watch it on my phone i wanted to be sitting in front of my computer and earlier today i was listening to another podcast and it was uh, kevin smith podcast fat man on batman and he was talking about the san diego comic-con information dump that happens for all of dc and all of marvel and they can't he he was questioning at what point in time do they make luke cage wear the tiara (laughs) now apparently this was recorded a long time ago because in this trailer they worked in the tiara i missed it okay you know when when he gets (laughs) out of the bathtub I figured that must have been it because okay. I saw the the big bracelet. He's got the two big bracelets I on, was only and it's at the there. <laughs> it's at the top of his head. He is wearing the tiara. Now, <laughs> technically, it's probably not a tiara in this setting, but this trailer was awesome. Awesome. 
Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know Luke Cage from the comics, so uh, this was like all I knew about him was from his appearances on the Jessica Jones uh, Marvel show. So this was a nice like. Oh, this is what this is about. This is his world. This is how he got here. These are all the people. It was a very like well cut trailer to like give you a whole bunch of information in a short period, plus um, a significant amount of badassery. Oh, there was a crap ton of badassery in that that trailer for two and a half minutes um i sincerely hope that instead of a uh all right first off i'm 90 percent sure that i saw the guy who played juice on sons of anarchy in, in this trailer for a brief second I so nobody's got a smirk like him and second <laughs> off i hope that instead of a season two of this and iron fist they just do heroes for hire they should actually will they do heroes for hire because that has a lot of other tertiary characters in it now hmm Luke yeah, Cage and Power Man. Just that that's or Power, pa- Man, Power, Man, Power Man and Iron Fist? Was that it? Power Fist and Iron Man. Power no, Fist no. and Iron Man. That's it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean they are it's this and Defenders before any other second seasons coming out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's I think it's this, this and this Iron and Fist, Iron and, Fist Defend. and then yeah. Defenders, and then they'll start the second, se- uh, second, third season of Daredevil, second season of Jessica Jones. Yeah, so, and that's still, that's next year. So we're not going to see anything more of these two guys till probably 2018, at the earliest. The, the one thing that did surprise me about the trailer is that I saw, you know, Rosario Dawson, which <laughs> I expected, and. Uh, I went to IMDb because I wanted to confirm that I was getting the character name right uh, when I was taking notes. And uh, I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. And I'm like, where the hell is she in the cast list? I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling down. I'm seeing like thug number three and I'm still not <laughs> seeing her name. And so I like clicked over to Rosario, Do- Rosario Dawson's actual page. She's only credited in the first episode. So of, which of is Luke of Cage? Luke Cage. Yeah. Which is fine, but she features pretty heavily in the trailer for somebody who's only in one episode. Well, I think they did that to be the, I don't know, the the bridging between the rest of the the universe. Yeah, that's fine. The character that she plays technically is the Night Nurse, which is a comic book character. I don't remember her, like, character name. Claire. Claire, maybe. Sure. But... In the comic book lore, there was a nurse that took care of all of them. Actually, multiple nurses, and they were called the Night Nurse. So, I'm very happy with her being the bridge between all of the shows, because so far, she's doing a bang-up job. She absolutely is. I was just a little surprised how little she appears to be in it, or like... They were, they were kind of setting her up. I felt like they were setting her up as the love interest or something. And I'm like, damn, this. Oh, no, that's Luke Jessica. Luke Cage gets all the hotties. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, looks great. I'm excited. It's, I, it's n- nothing new. Like, it's exactly what I expected it to be. And that is perfect. So moving on. Uh, well, let's cover some NBC stuff. I'm not exactly sure which way to go. We'll talk about Leslie Jones first. Okay, I love this story. I'm, I'm, you're going to talk about it because I don't like Leslie Jones. I don't find her humorous. Okay, so apparently she got a job 
because she tweeted some Olympic stuff? <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, how this works now? <laughs> apparently. Um, whether you... I, I guess she's kind of a Twitter celebrity. See, I, I first heard about her, on, her stuff on Twitter that she was like, I'm quitting Game of Thrones. Twitter. Oh, I thought no. No, 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 no. Okay. She she did like reactions to Game of Thrones and uh, was featured on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Like he would show off like how he liked to go over to her house and watch a show with her because she would like be jumping off the couch and yelling at the TV about Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so a lot of people followed her on Twitter for that because of her her Game of Thrones reactions. And then she uh, she faced a lot of uh, hate and abuse when Ghostbusters came out. Love her or hate her as a uh, performer, nobody deserves the kind of treatment that she got. That's very uh, true. And uh, I, I, it, it did get that story did get kind of blown out of proportion though because she just kind of signed off of Twitter because she she didn't want to deal with any of the hate that she was getting and the internet went like oh my god we drove leslie jones off of twitter people are terrible and she came back and she was like no 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 i meant i was signing off not i'm quitting twitter forever uh, okay <laughs> so uh she's back on twitter thank god for those of people in the world who who can't live without leslie jones twitter and uh when the olympics started she was posting like a lot of live tweeting coverage of the events and most of it was uh her like shooting video on her phone of her tv screen while she yells in the background encouraging the athletes and like just being super positive super patriotic she was posting like selfies of herself where literally one shot was her like she had a pants and a tank top on and an American flag wrapped around her shoulders and the pants and the tank top were both American flag themed stars and like stripes different, baby. <laughs> different patterns it was the most like garish patriotic th- outfit I've ever seen mm-hmm. so after a couple of days of this you know the internet starts to go uh, NBC if you're you're smart you need to start paying Leslie Jones to do what she's doing because it'll make you a lot of money and then NBC was like yeah, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> and as of uh, as of today, Tuesday, that we're recording this, she has flown to Rio to be a commentator for the Olympics, oh which I find God. hysterical. Um, okay, well, good for her. Very happy for her. Uh, <laughs> another bit of news about NBC. They're getting into the Snapchat game. Oh, man. Um, now, I don't snap nor chat. Um, but apparently they are making content specifically for Snapchat. Now, I don't know what the, the basis, like, is there a time limit on the videos for Snapchat or is it just that shit that, that vanishes? Uh, they, well, do you mean that there's a limit on how long the videos can be or how long they exist? Yes, both. Okay. (laughs) I Snapchat a little. Still don't get it, but <laughs> I pretend like I do because I have a couple of friends who use it, and they're like, "Oh, you got a Snapchat?" And I'm like, "Uh huh, <laughs> okay." <laughs> uh, the videos are, do tend to be short. I think they're limited to like 15 seconds or something like that. Okay, and they last 24, 24 hours. Four hours, right? Okay, that's what I thought. However, uh, Snapchat did recently introduce a feature called Memories, where you can like archive your 
snaps and chats. Um, so it's not Snapchat you, anymore. Right. Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, apparently. Black is white, <laughs> up is down, cats and dogs living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. So NBC is putting out some video content. Uh, SNL, they've been doing stuff for The Voice and, and Fallon. And their f- format is the Snapchat. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I get, get it. It's like su- supplementary crap. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, uh, voice judges judging your audition video that you send in via Snapchat or the, something. Their theory is that by doing this, they're going to get millennials and I'm and I'm not making that up. I'm reading this article to go sit down in front of a television. Uh huh. I I don't see the logic there. It, it feels it, to me like an old like man stretching cl- for some sort of exactly concept that clueless, he has no idea. <laughs> clueless old men being like, I don't know. We gotta, you know. <laughs> it's the chat. Our grandkid uses the Snapchat. Do we know what the Snapchat is? Can we make Snapchats? <laughs> we wore an onion on our belt, which was the style at the time. <laughs> the uh, the accompanying photo that goes with this uh, this story really <laughs> sums it all up for me, which is the meme of Steve Buscemi dressed as a high school student saying how do you do fellow kids like, i like the fact that his shirt says music band in the font of acdc exactly <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i don't know what they're doing maybe it'll work we'll see we'll see i doubt it but we'll see um okay let's move on to star wars apparently they're talking about making a television show for star wars um I thought of you, Chris, when I read this because they said they have two Star Wars shows already in production. Like, they're actually making two shows right now. And one of them is Star Wars Rebels, which I'll say, okay, I'll agree with that. Even though it is a cartoon, that's fine. We'll, we'll let you count that. I'm, it's on TV. It's a show. It's about Star Wars. I'm not counting Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures, though. No. There's a line. Yeah. I I cannot I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming it's Star Wars out of Legos. Um interesting. But like is it on somewhere? I don't know. I think it's like Netflix and stuff. Uh, oh, okay. Uh so that's that's that. They're talking with Lucas and well, not Lucas himself, Lucas Arts, I guess it is, and Disney cuz their XD does the Star Wars Rebels and there's nothing specific, nothing no real hard information, but hey, yeah, it's peop- kind of a rumor at this point. People are possibly talking, which is good. More Star Wars, <laughs> especially if it's this new current Star Wars, more gooder. That's how I feel. Uh, um, connected to that, I believe there was a release date for the new series of new season of Rebels, although I do not know what it is. So maybe I should just be quiet until I have facts <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> Good plan. But, but it's happening. I know that. I know they're having a season three. Okay. That's good. Good news. That's good news. Do I get half points? Yes, half points. Um, Yay. More news about returning shows, possibly, maybe. Um, okay. This, 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 okay, this news article gave me mixed signals because it says the X-File update significant talks underway with David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson for season 11. 
And if I'm not mistaken, three quarters of the way through this article, Jillian says, um, no one's spoken to me. <laughs> so I'm not- I thought this was already a done deal. I thought we had already put this to rest. Everybody liked it. Make more of them. Yeah, that would, you would think that. Um, yeah, I'm okay with seeing more X-Files. Karen, how do you feel about the situation? I am. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I really do. I'm starting to feel like, oh, um, I'm just seeing what you're, you were saying about uh, Duchovny or about uh, Jillian Anderson saying no one. Actually, I apologize. I said two thirds of the way down. It was a third of the way down the article. <laughs> right. But what it says is that uh, that that interview was from a month ago. OK. When she said that. So since then, someone's talked to her. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I read a, I read an article recently from a from another site I love uh, where they have a feature called "I Am Not a Crackpot," and the uh, the <laughs> <Good time laughs> non crackpot theory was that uh, like dead TV shows should not be re- revived when the original creative team is still involved, and uh, this was one of the examples that they cited, and I. I I had to give the the points that like a lot of the things that were wrong with the X Files that killed the X Files were present in the new X Files. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, I mean, I I have sentimental love for the X Files, and it probably me personally would be happy to see more. Whether or not I think it's a good idea is another question that I don't think I can give you an answer. See, I was thoroughly entertained by the new season. It was. St- you know, pretty stupid in a lot of ways, but you know, when it hit, it hit. And I don't know if, as long as they're working in the general direction of eventually maybe retiring, it, it, it can't be a long term thing. But I mean, a little bit more than what they did, sure. I, I, I'd, I'd do this for another year or so. Okay. All right. Well, I was more on board when I thought like the idea was that Robbie Amell and Lauren Ambrose were going to take over the season, the series. Yeah, I would be a, a bit more uh, happy with uh, if they were moving in that direction. Which they and I like those characters. But by the end of last season, they you do not feel that they were steadily moving in that direction, did you? No. no. Okay. I doesn't mean that they like couldn't. A, they could. Yeah, yeah I mean, they could. you know, yeah, zig, they, zigzag back in that well, direction. But they did make a point in this article stating that you know this is an older show, and when we brought it back, we had to reintroduce everybody to what was. So that's very true. They had a lot of work to do with those six episodes. So I think going forward, there won't be the same obligation to reset the series. That's the final line of the article. So, I mean. Hey, it's a good it, it was a good enough show for me to watch. So they haven't I mean they haven't screwed it up completely just yet. I'm sure no. given time they'll they could possibly they'll do manage. That. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, um I'm not sure how I feel about this right now. Hulu is eliminating its free ad-supported streaming service. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was. This is, is this is referring to like if you go on your computer to Hulu dot com, you can watch TV, right? And they're getting rid of that. They're moving it over to Yahoo. Yes. And you have to have a Hulu subscription to access it. Well, I don't I know. I thought that's what this was saying. I don't know about that last part. 
There is uh, Yahoo. What do they call it? Yahoo Screen, Screen? is a thing. N- that's no, no, no. not that's not what they're what's in this thing now though because I think Yahoo, Yahoo gave View. up on Yahoo Scream. Yeah, Yahoo Screen is done. Which is why I thought it was hysterical when I read this story that Yahoo was playing this game. Like, the, did they not learn their lesson? It's Yahoo View, and it's uh, desktop or you know web based only. That's where the completely free version of Hulu will be. So. But it's not going to be free. It's going to be subscription only. Not that I'm seeing. I see that the free subscription, you could still... For now, Yahoo will be just a promise announcement on website It's not saying anything. The free tier, being eliminated, didn't have nearly the library of either of these paid options, and it was web only. For now, Yahoo View will also be desktop web only, although the company promised in its announcement a mobile blah 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 but I just think it it seems like it's not it's not changing except the dot com that you go to which what the fuck like I don't want to go to a different whatever I, I don't want to go to a different website yeah. god damn it Hulu I mean not that I, I use I pay, my computer to really watch Hulu but yeah, uh, yeah I pay for Hulu which I'm very close to giving up on. Um, Me too. I with the the only thing really, it's what did we determine? It was uh, Nashville is pretty much it, right? Once that comes back. Well, they could. I'm pretty sure I was watching. What What did I say the next week's show was? Space. Space. That was on Hulu. Like I got lucky with that one. But I went. I went to Netflix first to see if it was there. And I said no, and I went no. I still have. I still pay for Hulu. Let me check that. Like my Hulu is not a destination for me anymore. Hulu is giving me lots of reasons to not want to be there. Yeah, I mean, really, the majority of what we watched on there was the superhero WB mm-hmm. stuff, and well, that ain't I, happening anymore. It's Hulu is co co owned by Walt Disney. I find that weird. Shouldn't that just be Disney? Walt's dead. Yeah, and before he died, he invented Hulu. <laughs> uh, Coned by Walt Disney, 21st Century Fox, Comcast, and as of last week, Time Warner. All of those companies are based off of ad sales. That's what- Yeah, and there's also like other ways to watch all that content besides Hulu. Yeah. Like, they all have their own online stores they're all on demand like, i don't get it i don't know what they're doing like they're actually like just shy of telling me hey stop paying for us <laughs> i don't know it, it something big has to change for them to i and i pay the higher amount because i really don't like commercials Ugh, we hadn't watched Hulu in a good long while, and we've been watching, you know, a bunch of stuff on Netflix. And then we watched something on Hulu the other day, and all the ads came on, and we were like, ugh, <laughs> ugh. It, like, I don't mind so much when I'm watching live television, because it's like... Different ads. It's different ads. Hulu, it's the same three commercials every time, and they're always the worst. They're not good commercials either. They're not the Super Bowl-esque commercials. I mean, if that was the case, then all right, maybe. But more than three... 
and not the same ones over and over again. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if they just air, even if it's the same companies, just don't air the same commercial three times in the same sitting. It's Maybe. What good does that do anybody? <laughs> That's not convincing that, anybody to buy it something. It actually is probably working more in the negative effect than it is in the positive. Probably. So. Well, uh, in related news, we came across this story in our uh, our general Geek Aid uh, chat feed that we have from one of our contributors brought this to our attention. And uh, <laughs> uh, our, our beloved partner, Dean, suggested that instead of Hulu, we invest all our time and money into Hula, which I'm on board. Yes. Brass I volunteer to go all? to Hawaii and do research. Okay. We'll, we'll get... So, we'll- uh, <laughs> We'll get Brandon on the horn. He's the one that's still in Hawaii, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we'll do an exchange program. <laughs> They've already sent to Travis to the States, so. <laughs> so they need they need another Geekator out there on, on the big island to balance the scales. Yes, I, I, I feel like we can make this happen for you, Karen. <laughs> right after I have this baby, I'll just <laughs> pop out onto the island, have some, some cocktails in a, inside of a coconut. <laughs> And I'll take care of the whole Hula thing, guys. I got it covered. <laughs> I'm on the Hulu debacle that could possibly be Geekate. All right. I, that's it. That's all I got. I mean, it's it's confusing all around, so I'm done for the night. You guys got anything? No. Well, I mean, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's episode page, and find us on Instagram at Geekade, and subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And if you're interested in more information about anything else we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. And again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com, where we post something new every single day. But besides that, I really don't have anything. Okay, well, I'm going to bring Oh, wait, actually, I do. No, you lost your turn. I'm the one who gets to bring up the pain in the ass-a-thon. Oh, fine. Okay. You had your chance, sir. I did. I blew it. <laughs> now, do you have something specific laid out? Because I do. Go for it. Give us that commercial. <laughs> uh, just a quick PSA yet again. On August 20th, Geekade will be hosting a 24-hour Twitch stream charity fundraiser called the Pain in the Assathon. A whole group of Geekade staff will be playing video games that are considered a pain in the ass for one reason or another in order to raise money for the Colon Cancer Alliance. And they'll be doing so for 24 nonstop hours. Again, that's August 20th, starting at 10 a.m. on the Geekade Twitch channel. So if you've got some time, please head over, donate a few bucks to a good cause, and watch us suffer through some really difficult games. Make our pain their gain. Well done, sir. So yeah, we're getting all prepared for that. Hopefully we can make it as an entertaining of a 24-hour period as we possibly can for you guys to check us out. And please, it is going to a very good cause. We try to do something good every year, and we're taking it up a notch. So check it out. So, I think that's about it. Check out The Critic. Lots of fun. It is available out there. Uh, It's on DVD. I got it through other means. So, guys got anything else? Nope. All right. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. 
I'm Karen. It stinks. Good night. Is it Avalon? Avalon? Avalon. I would say Avalon. Avalon? Avalon. There's too many Avalon. Yeah. (laughs) I love cheese. (laughs) Always connecting it to cheese. Specifically sandwiches, but, you know. We can go with the broader cheese. I love lamp. (laughs) And right now, S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Fox. Yeah. Okay. And Jeff Loeb, who is the... Wait, S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Fox? No, No? S.H.I.E.L.D. is on ABC. Sorry, I wasn't listening to what you were saying. Thanks, I appreciate that, Karen. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Evan. Oh, no, Captain Noah died. Who? It's a local thing. It's a local TV show when I was a kid. Oh. Sent your pictures to dear old Captain Noah. It was like a kid's show. Oh. Captain Noah. He died at age 90. Oh. That makes me sad. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, it only kind of makes me sad. I guess I just assumed he had been dead for a long time. Because he, <laughs> he looked like he was 150 years old when I was a kid. So I just kind of didn't really piece that together. Oh, well. And this concludes our broadcast day.